We go deeper and deeper into the off-season for the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to discuss the you know, things of business and things that the Coyotes still need to take care of before we get towards the end of the off-season. We're going to have to talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked On Coyotes. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. I'm Robin Leonio. I've been covering the Arizona Coyotes organization for the last six to seven years or so uh, for various different outlets, including uh, including SB Nation, Five for Howling. Joining me, of course, as always, is Five for Howling's managing editor, Carl Pavlock. Carl, it's good to have you back. But we got a good episode today um, because we got to talk about Arizona in the offseason again. Obviously, we're going deeper into the offseason. And it's interesting because now we're in mid-middle July and they still got stuff they got to take care of. Yeah, I mean, the Coyotes, I think, have done a really good job at getting like most everything that they need done. But there's still quite a few big things that need to need to happen uh bill armstrong was busy on the first day of free agency but still have plenty left to do yeah absolutely let's let's go ahead and address the first one carl um because i think this is the one that um everyone's gonna have questions about and and, um how this is gonna work for arizona and that is they gotta find a second goaltender absolutely uh the Coyotes have signed a goaltender, uh, but I don't think either of us think that he is the best for playing with Carol Vimelka. Um, the Coyotes absolutely need an experienced veteran. Something we've talked about in the past is Vimelka is the kind of goalie who needs to know that someone has his back. Like He is not afraid of competition. Uh, he actually thrives when he's able to you know, relax and take a break every once in a while. I'm, I'm curious to see you know, who they look for, right? Because are they going to try to go towards the free agency market or are they going to try to go for a trade? Because there are, I mean, those are both options. Um, and there are teams, um, I'm looking at you, San Jose, who have like a million goaltenders on the contract right now. Uh, I, I, I think the Coyotes are going to go for a trade. One, it makes more sense with Bill Armstrong's desire to collect assets and use his cap space as a weapon. Um, So taking on a goalie, good move. And two, I think, like, Carol Vimelka played extremely well under Scott Wedgwood, like kind of an older player who, you know, has been around quite a bit. And that seems like something you kind of are going to find in, you know, with another team, like uh, I'm thinking like a, a grizzled veteran who's seen his stuff and, you know, can take on like a 40 game split schedule. Absolutely. Plus, 
I tried looking down the uh, the list of free agent goaltenders. Um, and let's just say, Carl, there is only like really one that is of a notable, you know, like notable name. Yeah. And that's Braden Holtby. Um, Which I, I it, do not think Holtby no, is going to be. No. I mean, yeah, if you want to know how just kind of bonkers the the goalie free agency market is, uh, Toronto seemed to decide that Matt Murray was a good way for them to solve their problems in net uh, as they prepare for what seems like a, a cup run. Uh, that is not something that you should be expecting Matt Murray to deliver at this point in his career. Absolutely. And I want to go back. So the idea of trading, because you said that's kind of the thing that the San Jose Sharks, I mean, that the, uh, that, the that the that the Coyotes are trying or that fit with Bill Armstrong. And, and the reason why I said San Jose Sharks, because they're the team that I mentioned earlier, right? Because they're a team that has yeah. a million goaltenders on the contract. I'm looking at their cap friendly right now, which is kind of why my brain went there. Um, and they currently have, so like they have, uh, under their NHL roster part, three goalies, and then under non-roster four, so they have seven okay. goalies under um, seven goalies total under contract. There are three NHL level goalies: Kyle Kakinen, who just signed, uh, who just um, I think I believe signed further with San Jose, so he's like their guy. And yeah. your other two are James Reimer and Aiden Hill, who was part of the Coyotes organization only, you know, a little more than a year ago. Um, yeah, that kind of leaves like, and Aiden Hill. I don't think he wants to come back to Santa to to Tucson. No, no, and, they, and there's no, there's no like guarantee that he would be uh, with the Coyotes. Uh, James Reimer seems like a good fit for Arizona in general. How much is he getting paid right now? Uh, right now, he's got a um, uh, one year left of a. Two point two five million dollar con um contract. Hmm. See, if he was overpaid more, like I could see the Coyotes being all over this deal. But that's that's pretty reasonable. I don't think they're gonna get paid to get take to take him off their hands unless San Jose like is really committed to an Aiden Hill uh, backup this next season. Um. I, I think that that's definitely a possibility. San Jose, they got a lot of goalies. So the Coyotes need one. And like of those three, I, I would say the Coyotes would, you know, could do worse than James Reimer. I mean, he's he's got a decent proven track record. He's a veteran, right? He's yeah. um, 34 years old. So he definitely fits that veteran status. Like, what they did previously, you know, what the Coyotes did previously when they had, um, like Carter Hutton to start off with. Um, and how old is Scott Wedgwood? Um, uh, he's twenty nine, so a little bit younger on that, but still, still counts as a as an NHL veteran. Yeah, um, he he's been around for a while. I was I was just gonna say like. I think all of the goaltenders we're talking about are younger than me. So it's weird to hear them being referred to as veterans. Like 
Uh, but there's not too many goalies who are clamming like in their even like mid thirties. It seems like it's like a lot of like younger guys and they're in their late twenties and a lot of guys in their forties. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting of how, you know, that goes. Um, I'm just really trying to take a look because there, because again, there are so many options that they can that 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 the Coyotes can take here, and there's uh, looking at all the goalies. Yeah, there's a freaking there's too many, right? There's too many to decide. But but yes, um, James Reimer is a potential option. Maybe we'll yeah, maybe, maybe we can talk to Locked On Sharks about it. And I definitely imagine it'll be it, it'll be something like that. It'll be a team looking to get rid of a goalie. That's where Bill Armstrong kind of finds his value in players. And considering right now, like if I'm if I'm Bill, uh, I am looking for a veteran backup for for Ma- for Van Malka. He may go like a different route, but that's what I would do. And you can get that via trade. And you can get an asset, you know, back in trade. So why not? Absolutely. And even if it's like nothing, even if it's, you know, like a, you know, a smaller deal, right? You know, a goalie who's only getting paid, you know, two million or less, right? Um, there's still, you know, like little risk for a trade in, the, in, in this case. Like the Coyotes will really have to give up not a lot. Um, yeah. If, if that like so yes i believe you're right i believe going down the trade market for one is probably is most likely what they're gonna do um how they're gonna execute it i don't know um because that's gonna be an interesting um the last year like again we had no idea right we we're like it's like is like what are you gonna do with carter hutton and Coelve um Coelve because we don't because we didn't know what Bimoku was about at all. None of us had ever seen him. Um, no. Carter Button was like, and we were at the beginning, we we're just like, eh. We we're like, this could be bad. Uh, and for a while, it was. It was very bad. Um, but yeah, it like we we didn't know anything last year. It feels like we're probably not going to know too much until it actually happens this year too. Yeah, which is going to be a lot of putting a lot of stress on Coyotes fans, right? Because a lot of them are probably wondering, just like, just give us a goaltender. Just give us our goalie. Yeah, and I mean, fans do like Vimalka, but they don't like him that much. They don't like him enough to be the undisputed, like, number one center. Or number one one starter. He's he's liked enough to have have a nickname, but... Um, not liked enough to yeah to be the the guy, yeah, and, and he's not the guy yet. Exactly, he's definitely not. He still has still has ways to go before he can be a, tr- a true one A. Because definitely. you know now we're in tandem, so we don't we don't do one and two. You know you do one A and one B. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, though, we still got more to get to on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Before we get into any more, though, of discussing the Arizona Coyotes' leftover things they got to take care of this offseason, we're going to go to turn the Carl for a quick word. So BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check all 
your betting needs. You can find all the latest sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports waging information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. Everything you need, they've got you covered. You can head over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting this week, Lockdown gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from oddsmakers at BetOnline. Once again, available this week at Lockdown NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Let's continue this episode of Locked On Coyotes as we discuss leftover things that Coyotes need to do to uh, make this offseason complete. Um, and Carl, I think another thing that they had to take care of um, is not really in a signing set, set, set of way. And I think this is definitely this is going to be something that's going to be hashed out during like, you know, more probably during training camp is how you, how, and we discussed this too earlier that, you know, last week, but how, how you're going to take care of um, defensemen. Yeah. Um, looking at the Coyotes blue line, uh, they have a lot of players and a lot of them are question marks. I'm not sure who is going to be playing for the Coyotes and who is going to be playing for the Roadrunners. Um, it, you know, it's it's something that doesn't need to be decided now, but it's going to be, you know, it's got to be on Bear's mind. Absolutely. It does look like, because before it said, um, I believe it said 10 under defense, and now it says 9. Um, yeah. Oh, because it sends Soderstrom down? Or like on like on cap friendly at least. Uh, looks like Soderstrom is down on cap friendly, although it should be noted uh, the nine that I'm looking at does not include Connor Timmons, who is currently on LTIR. That but very, yeah, um, he but yeah, should be back. I think to start. Oh, you're um, hoping you're hoping he's back. Um, also speaking, which if I'm not sure if you saw it or not, Timmons. Timmons um, and his and like a representative of Timmons put out a statement regarding um, whether or not he was involved in the 2018 Hockey Canada thing. And, it's, and the claim is he didn't. Obviously, we don't know. I, I don't know. But the claim is he didn't. Yeah. Uh, his representative, I think it was up to nine players who have said, like, I was not involved. I am willing to cooperate in the investigation which is good. Uh, we want everyone to cooperate in that and uh, ho- hopefully fix some of the real issues that are happening in hockey. Um, it's unfortunate that Timmons is involved in that, uh, but it is good that he is cooperating um, as far as we know right now. And I'm sure we'll learn more information as the report comes out. Absolutely. And that's, and, and that might, that'll probably be a conversation for later, but I had to bring it up since it came up earlier this week and you mentioned, yeah. him, but, and I wanted to say it before I forgot, but yes, you're right. So he would be that 10th defenseman and you have to, and they, and that brings a decision of, you know, how are you going to, um, you know, work with that? And, and again, you know, you know, you're like your Mayo Mosier and you know, like your Corey Ochonic or whatever, 
they're probably gonna go down right like yeah um i i can definitely just because they won't have to clear waivers like it makes sense to send Mosier and Coley and Charnock down. Do you keep Mayo up or do you keep Deneen? Um, because I think Mayo definitely had more games last season. He got played more. Uh, yeah. Cam Deneen definitely was was less than that. Uh, unless I have that reversed in my head, I do not believe I do. Uh, yeah, uh, Mayo, 67 games with the Coyotes last year. Maybe you can um, have, yeah. So yeah, I, I would say um, have Cam Deneen down to kind of help, you know, help complete the Roadrunners. Mayo, and then Mayo can be that um, number seven D man in this um, in this scenario. Yeah, um, which yeah, that that gets you that gets you to seven. A big thing with with Deneen is he is going to have to clear waivers, so the team could risk losing him for nothing. Um, but he's also signed to a league minimum deal. So, um, and let's also not forget there is another thing too that you have to decide is what you're going to do with the PTO guy um, and um, and Grigory Dronov because he's also a left shot defenseman um, that is listed there too, like. What do you do with him? Yeah, um, I I don't know. So many players are who are PTOs don't even make it to the league. Um, it's, you know, he could make it. He could get sent on waivers down to the AHL. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, kind of why they signed him, what specifically they saw. So it's difficult to say. I mean, he is waivers exempt, so. Um... That means that, like, they can sign him and send him straight down to Tucson and be like, we'll have you ready whenever. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look, the, the Coyotes definitely need to continue to fill out the, the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, like, they only have four defensemen right now, so they better be getting some reinforcements. They only have 10 forwards. And I do think that some of the signings that we're seeing are going to be, like, hopefully to bolster the the team's ahl affiliate and i'd be careful about saying they have 10 forwards because technically that's you know that's just non-roster for the coyotes because connor geeky is not going to tucson neither is uh, neither neither is dylan gunther um, yeah. um they have other players on there who are under contract with the roadrunners and not with uh the coyotes with, yes not with the coyotes but that still that counts too i mean like for example, um, you're going to see some of the players from the Coyotes going to be sent down. Like, like Michael Carcone is still is you know still up, but he might get he might get pushed back down to start the start the season again. Um, I I think the team's going to keep Carcone around. Cool. Yeah, but there's other ones. So like, sure. If they uh, wanted I'm... to, like, if they wanted to just like you know worry about the waiver, like you know. You know, waiver eligibility is you see like McBain, Smith, and um and Kellman are all like waivers exempt. So you can you can decide off of those as well. To kind of help fill the roster. Yeah. Um Kelman, he was an interesting signing. Um 
I could potentially see him going down to the Roadrunners. I don't know. I feel like Smith and McBain played well enough at the end of last season. I don't know if, if you send them down. Um, they, they seem to really have the, the pace of the NHL game. Uh, McBain is certainly trying to make it work. Uh, and I believe, well, let me let me check to see if Smith was at the training camp. Sorry. Yep, Smith was also at the, uh, at the prospect development camp. So they had good last seasons. They're putting in the work this offseason. Like, do you really need to send them down? Uh, especially to, like, play, like, Christian Fisher over them? I'm not yeah, sure. True, true, true. It's going to be interesting um, now that you mention it, because I, the, I looked at them and they're listed as centers, obviously. Um, yeah. And it made me think about the Coyote center depth and how you're going to kind of work that out. This year, obviously, it's not much of an issue. But a few years down the road, you're going to have to figure things out, right? Because when, when, you know, when Logan Cooley eventually comes and a few other things, you got to decide how that's going to work out, right? Um, but I'm only imagining this because this seems awesome if you have, like, let's say, one, two, three, four, C, right? Cooley, um, Hayton, like, Smith and McBain. Um, you move Geeky over to a wing, and all of a sudden, like, look, you have a freaking powerhouse team right there um, yeah yeah so i'm liking that but yeah and that that's one of my questions like what is barrett hayton's role going to be this year and how much are you paying him because the coyotes definitely still need to take care of their two remaining rfas kraus and hayton and i think if if you think that hayton is going to be a part of your top line at any point next season, don't don't necessarily do him to a to a show me deal. Yeah, definitely. Like, obviously, he's got a qualifying offer, and if he's holding out, then he's holding out. There's nothing you can do about that. He's yeah. either take it's, it's either take it or leave it in this case. Um, he's because he's not arbitration level like Boston Krause is, um, which we still haven't heard from as of the time of this recording, um, but. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I'd like to see Hayton get a shot at that one C role. See how he works alongside Keller and Schmaltz. Yeah, like they they definitely put together a couple games. Uh, you you couldn't really deny that Boyd fit well with Keller and Schmaltz, but I don't think that's in the team's best like long term interest to to have him there. You definitely are going to get more out of those two if they have a more talented center. Can Barrett Hayton be that? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it'll be, you know, at some point next season they're gonna they're gonna move him there. I, I mean, do you think he starts there? Is is my question to you? I don't know because I think theoretically too, you have to decide like if you're gonna commit to having Hayton as an eventual number one C, or you're gonna be like hoping Logan Cooley turns out to be that guy, right? Because yeah. um, you don't want to like you know, give Peyton false. So I was like, Hey, guess what? You're going to be one seed and Logan Cooley comes in and all of a sudden still some thunder. Um, well, even, even still like you got Cooley, he's got one more year in university and then at least, one, at least, yeah, at least one, maybe two, let's be super conservative. Uh, and then you're not going to just throw him to the wolves and have him be number one C right away. Give him like two more years. Fair. 
that's four years of Barry Hayton kind of like stepping in there. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I can I, I can definitely see that as a case. Um, but it's going to be interesting, right? Because that's like like the Coyotes are in a unique situation with center now, right? Because they have to you know they have to figure that out. They have to. Although I do think that Hayton should find who he works best alongside. You know, like let's say let's say like either is one or two C is who's his like who are his best you know line mates um yeah because you want to figure out what works best for him to make sure that he is put the best of his capability to be a top six center yeah uh it's like of the players on the team i think barrett hayton is the one who you are gonna focus a lot of your developmental energy around this upcoming season um followed i would say closely by mcbain and smith and if he ends up you know uh victor Sosham, because yeah we're we weren't even able to really talk about whether or not he should be there i think just for like cap reasons we're like uh, he's probably going to be in the ahl um but yeah that's kind of where the development side of the the team should be focused on this upcoming year yeah and i think again this is the good thing about about arizona right is that the fact that they don't have to worry about um development because like they have the team they have a you know the skeleton of most most of a team put in place so that the team so that the players who need to develop can um yeah and obviously with the case of uh with the case of Victor Soderstrom is you're hoping in about like at least in a, at least a year or two that he's ready to make the jump to the, to the NHL like full time. Um, I mean, he didn't look horrible at the end of the last year. So I'm kind of hoping a season at most. I hope he's like a, a mid season call up. Uh, heaven forbid, no one injured knocking on wood, but if someone's traded, like at the deadline, I would like to see Sorstrom get a chance. Yeah, and you know that's definitely an option. I definitely think that we will definitely see something like that. I think so. You know, Sorstrom is definitely that guy, and I just want to see him develop because, like, you know, you just want to, you just hope that a draft, you know, you just want to see a draft pick, you know, actually pan out. And obviously, it wasn't a Bill Armstrong draft pick, but still. Like we still want yeah. to see him now. He is. Um, how would you? He's kind of like the last. He's the final last of, piece yeah. of the Cheka era. Yep. Although I would have to look back through his draft class and see uh, who else the Coyotes have. See if they're slowly making their way in, but. Yeah. Um, he was drafted in the 2019. 2019. Right. Yeah, so he definitely would be the last of that. Of oh, that uh, in the third round, uh, John Farinacci, Matthias Michelli. So those guys uh, are... Fibonacci still in, in, in NCAA, so. Um, uh, Akurati. Okay, Just so saw him. So the 2019 draft class still has uh, has some good yeah. stuff. Yeah. 
he is uh, definitely not the last gasp of the of the John Chaka era because he's he's probably the one who's most likely to be a star. But there's some names on there there still with the with the team. Absolutely. Um, last thing, I kind of want to um, pivot back to really briefly before we close things off. Um, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier is, you know, how you were going to deal with, with Krauss. We mentioned it earlier this week, right? Uh, and obviously it's only been, it's like, like, um, it's only been a couple of days. So it's not like, oh, we gotta really had to figure it out. But like, you know, you're like, I want to figure out like, at what point, like that. What kind like at what point do you try to make a you know is it do you have to rush you know move move up the timeline to try to get the deal done so um the the next period where I say where where people should be concerned and where hopefully the team starts to move a little bit quicker is when they start announcing the actual arbitration dates because once there's a date like we talked about before arbitration is also like the reason it's such a big move is because you're putting a date like a deadline on negotiations once you have that actual day like that's when i think you start to get a little bit concerned absolutely and i will say at least it's a better situation like this versus um what uh what calgary did as uh, i'll say as an example is they went club elected arbitration for Matthew Kachuk. So yeah, you, you don't see that too often. Um uh I feel like Calgary is having to decide right now what they are going to be in the next couple of years, like what their immediate future is. Uh and that's a see, that's a very difficult call. Did you like did you see their reasoning for it? Um No, I didn't. So they said the reasoning for it is to, I think it was essentially to kind of to protect, um, you know, his negotiate, they protect the negotiation rights with them and that he doesn't get offer sheeted. I, I, I never thought I would live to see the day when a team was afraid of an offer sheet. That is glorious. I, I mean, because like, we were thinking about the offer sheet era like a couple of years ago and was like, oh, are we finally going to see it? Are we finally going to see it? And then like last year, we finally did. We're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I guess it's it's more of a concern. Uh, if, if Calgary is needing to make that move, it's a, you know, we're not a Calgary podcast, so we're not going to yeah. do that, but. Uh, I made it clear in the last time we talked about arbitration, I don't think it's good for your long-term prospects of being with your player. Absolutely. Any final thoughts before we close things off? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, coyotes still have a lot to do. Um, there is still a lot that um, we will hopefully be hearing in the next couple of days because, you know, we're going to hopefully see moving on something like a, a goal center. Absolutely. We're hoping to find uh, to hear as much news as we can. Anyways, though, we're out of time for this episode of Locked on Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review to like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, and also on YouTube. 
Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes. On Instagram at LockedOnCoyotes. And at Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Robin with the Y underscore L. Paul Pavlock is Paul Pavlock FFH. Interact with us, ask the question you might have, we might answer right back, or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyote Podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you guys are staying safe out there. I hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.